This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks. Presenting Kyle Pratt. Thank you, Bruce. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited for every episode. You can always hear it in my voice. But some of them are just a little special. I am at a 10 for this one. I feel like I've waited for it my whole life. This is going to be the longest introduction that any contestant ever gets because this person deserves it, and there's a lot to get to. You know how the show works. 10 questions for each contestant somehow attached to their life. If they get the answer right, they get a point. If they get the answer wrong, they get nothing. They leave here with the final score. We've had movie stars, superstar quarterbacks, musicians, and we have something special today. If you've listened to 10 Questions for a while, you know that weeks ago, months ago, we had Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, playoff winner, massive $100 million contract. At the end of every episode, we ask each contestant, call someone out. Call someone out that you would like to see come on this show and compete. When we ask Kirk Cousins, this is how the conversation went. It has to be a non-Viking. It can be oh, yeah. movies, yeah. music. It could be another quarterback. Talk to them right now and tell them to come on here and try to beat your score. Wow, that's a great question. So many names come to mind. First of all, with the Vikings, I'm going to avoid those. Obviously, Scott Stapp's name came to mind for obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm giggling because I was giddy at the hope that one day we could get Scott Stapp. Ladies and gentlemen, give me my intro music. My contestant today, I am not messing with you, is a multi, multi, multi-platinum artist, international rock star, musician, who now, he's a dad. He golfs. He's a coach. He listens to Baby Shark with his toddler. His Grammys are his children. His most recent album is called The Space Between the Shadows. I listened to it in its entirety this morning as I worked out, and I wanted to throw the bench press through the ceiling. It completely kicks ass. A true rock and roll story who has come out clean on the other side. It is my honor to introduce 
Scott Stapp to 10 questions. What's up, Scott? What's up, man? Thank you for the introduction. It was nice. Appreciate it, brother. I You can hear it in my voice, Scott. I'm really excited to talk to you, especially since we had a superstar quarterback who said you should come on this show. What does that mean to you? You know, I, I was excited, man. I mean, it was cool. I'm a huge sports fan, a uh, huge football fan, and a uh, fan of Kirk Cousins as a human being uh, and a quarterback. Um, so it was interesting. I, I never expected it. it was out of left field. It's crazy, right? So you're actually going to be competing against Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers and a whole bunch of other people to see what your final score is. Scott, here's the way it works. 10 questions, and some of them, I assure you, dude, are going to be really strange. And you're like, why is he asking me about that? But I promise you, somehow they're related to your life, your career in some way. Try to get the question right. If you get the question right, Scott, you're going to love this sound more than anybody. You're going to hear a badass rock and roll game show sound. If you get the question right, Scott, you're going to hear this. Okay. All but right. If you miss it, I knew you'd <laughs> like that one. I think we're going to hear it a lot. If you get the question wrong, it's a little bit sad. It's like when the encore is over, you're going to hear this. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm in. If any, by any chance you got nothing, you don't know how to answer the question. You're just a total blank. You're like, Kyle, I got zero. One time in the 10 questions, you can call for the coin toss. Coin toss lifeline, and I will narrow it down to two choices for you. So just if you're lost, call for that life raft, the coin toss, and we'll get through it. All right, man. Scott, before we start, I think we should set the table a little bit. Myself and so many other people have listened to you for years. They've followed you listen to the music. We've seen your name all over. Sometimes it's triumphant. Sometimes it's upsetting. It's been over the years. I just want to ask, how are you and how is life right now? Man, I am doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, life is good. Uh, I have a beautiful family, three kids at home, one uh, off at college and, uh, you know, still making music after 25 years. Uh, so life is good, man. Life is good. I can tell it's contagious. And before we start, I want everyone listening. We're going to try to shoot down some of the preconceptions you might have about Scott Stapp. I want to tell you off the air, Scott sits down. And he goes, I got all the kids here. I got nephews here. I got animals here. And if you're not listening, he's got a bunch of platinum records over his left shoulder. It is truly the rock star dad life. And it's really cool, man. There's a theme with you about hope and fighting through and coming out triumphantly. And I think it is totally badass. And I want to get into it. We're going to do it with our game, Scott. We are ready for 10 questions. Here we go. Scott Stapp, question number one. Here we go. The category, Scott, is baseball. I know you like the baseball. I'm going to start you off with a belt-high fastball about 78 miles per hour. Scott, what Major League Baseball ballpark is famous for having ivy on its outfield walls. That would be Wrigley Field. He says Wrigley Field in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, is that right? Yeah! One for oh. one. <laughs> All right, Scott. You, before you were a rock star, as a younger man, yeah. had your own sports dreams, your own baseball dreams. Tell us about Scott Stapp on the Diamond. Um, very aggressive. Uh, I played, I played short and third, depending upon the, uh, the pitcher. Um, and, uh, man, I was a contact hitter. 
um, I let off and uh, got on base and stole bases. And, you know, your typical leadoff hitter infielder. Tell us about, Scott, the Lee University Flames. I looked them up, and I think amongst some of their prior players is what I'm talking to right now. Well, you know, I, I actually went to Vanderbilt University uh, and was going to play you? there. I, I didn't attend. Sorry, that came out wrong. I went to Vanderbilt University, met the coach. They had offered me a scholarship uh, to play at Vandy. Went there with my dad. And uh, when I was getting tour, taken on a tour with uh, a fellow ball player there, I went to a frat party. Okay. And I and I saw this guy singing, uh, you know, like a covers band or or whatnot. And uh, I looked up there and and I just saw the front row, and it was a lot of of lovely Vanderbilt University ladies uh, at the time, and uh, and I got the rock star itch uh, right there. Uh, and so um, my life took a few turns. Went to Lee. Uh, ended up at Florida State and uh, started a band. So, you know, that's how it played out. So, I mean, listen, I've been to that Vanderbilt campus in Nashville. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, absolutely yeah. beautiful. You're telling me that the power of the rock was so compelling to you that you're like, you know, come here, Vanderbilt, play baseball scholarship. You said, no, I got a rock. What? What? I wonder, this was probably, I'm just guessing, early 90s maybe? I wonder yeah, what the was, cover song was. Do you remember? The, I, I don't remember. This was 91. And now that's not exactly how it went down. I did end up yeah. going to Lee, uh, sure. which is a completely different side story uh, and was going to play ball there. Uh, but life took a turn and I ended up at Florida State. Well, I'll tell you this, Scott, if you were playing third base, you must have a hose, dude. You must you must be able to gun <laughs> that thing. I don't know. I, back in the day, back in the day, I could throw pretty good. Well, now your life on the baseball diamond is not really on the diamond. It's in the dugout. Aren't I talking yeah. to Coach Coach Stapp right now? Yes, you were talking to Coach Stapp right now. All right, so what's what's your managerial style, Stapp? How, how do you run your squad? You, I know you coach your kids. Yeah, I I am old school. I okay. believe in I believe in winning and losing. I believe in the best players should be on the field. Uh, I don't believe in participation trophies. Okay. Um, and I believe on telling and giving kids proper instruction uh, and fundamentals, but also teaching them life lessons mm -hmm. um, and trying to build character. I don't put up with whining. Uh, I don't put up with complaining. Uh, I will bench you uh, no matter how good you are. Uh, but, uh, you know, we play to win around here. So, uh, you know. What happens when one of the dads or the moms of the kid you're not playing says, hey, why aren't you playing my kid? Get him in there. And he's got to be thinking, Jesus, this is Scott Stapp. Like, he probably has all your CDs. How do you handle that? Well, I think I think once you reach the 10U division, things change. Okay. Um, prior to 10U, of course, there was the rotation and the substitution, you know, making sure everyone got a chance to play. Uh, but this year, things kind of went to a different level. And, and basically, once the team, if it was a competitive game, if we got up by a couple runs, then I would start making subs. If it was a close game, tie game, hey, some kids may not play that game, uh, you know, because we're playing to win. Um, and I explained that to some of the some of the kids, you know, when we're sitting around after the game. I'm like, guys, are, do you feel good? Does it feel good to win? Uh, and they're like, yeah, we love it. You know what I mean? And and so they were getting it. But I tried to get everybody in uh, the best that I could. But if it's a competitive game, man, I got to keep my best players on the field. 
What a coach. What a team. <laughs> Scott, you're also one for one in this game. You got a, you got a single right up the middle. You're on base, ready to steal second. Let's get to question number two. All for right, this one, Scott, you got a choice. I have two categories. You can just choose whichever one you like better. I know you have a house full of kids. Your first choice you can choose is Harry Potter. If you're not into Harry Potter, you can choose 90s movies. Do you want Harry Potter or 90s movies? Wow. Let's go 90s movies. Okay. Scott Stapp wants 90s movies. He's going to get 90s movies. Your question, Scott. In a 1996 blockbuster, huge movie, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage break into what iconic facility? Oh. I know this one. Take your time. Take your time, coach. The Smithsonian? He says the Smithsonian. Is he right? It's not right, Scott. Oh. And, dude, this is why you're going to kick yourself. I know for a fact that you have played this facility. They break into Alcatraz. Oh, man. The Rock. Okay, what, what movie was it? Again, it, Welcome the to The Rock. It's called The Rock with, like, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery, Michael Bay. You ever see The Rock? Okay, okay. yeah, I did. And you know what? I was thinking of another film. Why would I waste Scott's time with a question about The Rock and Alcatraz? First of all, you did play a concert at Alcatraz. You're However, right, and I've got to remember that. You do. But next time you're blanking on a question, Scott, be like, what does this have to do with me? What does it have to do with me? Right, That'll get right, you right, through right. it. Gotcha. I'm asking you about Alcatraz because it is maybe one of the world's most famous prisons. 1997, yeah. I went to Sam Goody in the mall in Vernon Hills, Illinois, and I bought the album My Own Prison wore it out thought it was one of the coolest things i'd ever heard just loved it absolutely loved it thank you it's awesome it's still awesome i listened to it this week scott did you have a moment that they describe for rock stars or they depict in movies where the first time you hear your song on the radio or the first time you're like oh my god that's my song what was that moment for you yeah we we absolutely did the band um we made a locals only radio show the the DJ said, I'm going to play you guys at between this hour and this hour. And uh, so, you know, the whole band was sitting in the living room of a two bedroom college apartment. Um, we had uh, some girls there that we were trying to impress. Um, and the DJ comes on uh, and he says, you know, I can just imagine these guys are probably sitting around a radio right now with some girls they're trying to impress. So, uh, and he totally called us out and we just looked at each other and we laughed. Uh, but we heard the song on the radio uh, and I'll never, I'll never forget that moment or that day. It was, it was incredible. And the song of course was my own prison. It, right? it was, it was my own prison. And even though we hadn't achieved anything yeah. yet in that moment, we felt like, or at least I did, I felt like, we had made it. Right. Um, and man, we had so much more to go. We didn't even have a record deal yeah. uh, at the time. Yeah. So. so you're sitting there in the apartment. And another thing people might not understand, you're listening to FM radio. You're listening on yeah. a radio. There's right. girls, there's everything. And the song starts and it's just a quarter's in session. And do you, you go crazy? Right. Like, do you jump yeah. off the couch? Yeah, there were some high fives. Uh, there was some, you know, you know, I don't think we were fist pumping back then, but there was definitely <laughs> some, some, some high fives. And 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 actually, I I believe Mark and I, uh, Tremaine, the guitar player, um, looked at each other and made comments like, "Man, that actually sounds like it belongs on the radio. It it doesn't sound it it sounds like it fits. Like we kind of, wow, 
kind of shocked us. Uh, and, and so, you know, it was, it was all uphill, uh, from there. You know, you, you've dealt with all the, all the, um, byproducts of fame, the good ones, the bad ones, everything. Yeah. But the, at the beginning though, like the rocket rise, like from that moment you were in that apartment over the next yeah. six months. Yeah. Was it fun or was it crazy? What was the next six months after that apartment moment? Like it was incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it, it was really incredible. I mean, we had labels, uh, from all over, uh, the United States coming, uh, offering us deals, not offering us deals. You know, we had the highs and lows. Um, but we just saw every day, one step closer to our dream coming true. Uh, the crowds locally, uh, all, all of a sudden went from, you know, we were just playing for our friends, uh, at the local bar to 500, a thousand sellout, having to move us outside uh, you know, eight, 9,000 FSU students. Um, and so it really just blew up, uh, right there. Uh, and then the rest is history. And if I'm you, I'm thinking, you know what? I wasn't that great of a shortstop. I I think I made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I tell you what, the, the only other thing that could have fulfilled me, uh, like music, uh, would have been, uh, pro baseball. Yeah. Uh, That, that would be it. Well, you got some more connections to baseball that we're going to get to. Scott, if you're driving around right now, just running errands, grocery store, or whatever, and you're listening to Sirius or anything, and My Own Prison comes on or one or any of those songs, will you stop and listen? No. I, okay. turn, I, I, I turn it. You know, a song is never finished. Totally. Uh, and, and so you always think, or at least I do, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that or it would have been better had I done this. Um, and so... It just to avoid those, you know, spinning my wheels in my head. I just, I, I just push next. And you know what? I've heard it so much during the making process, uh, during the rehearsal process, and then touring it, especially that album. Yeah. You know, over twenty, almost twenty-five years singing that song. Uh, so, you know, may, maybe down the road uh, there'll be there'll be that time where I go, you know what? Let me listen to that. Uh, but you know, as of now, no. Well, as of now, you're one for two. We're going to go to question three, and, and the party keeps on going. Scott, your, your category for question three, pro wrestling. Throughout his career, Hulk Hogan claimed to have the largest what in the world? Largest what in the world on Hulk Hogan? He would say it all the time. Think about it for a minute. And if you got nothing... You have the coin toss. And remember, Scott, this answer somehow has something to do with you. Largest in the world. Wow. Interesting. What comes to mind? Let me inside that beautiful mind of yours. Um, you know, I'm thinking some something is saying guns uh-huh. because I have a song called Bullets. See, you're, you're on the right track. I love how you're doing this. Um... Man, um, he'd be flexing. He'd say, "I have the largest blank in the world," and I think he might have been right. I, I mean, biceps, maybe because you know, in the higher video, I've got a tank on, and and I'm and I'm showing my buys. Um, you know, I was one year away from you know that tank top being off. Uh, you know, one year in the gym away from that. I know. Um, <laughs> But uh, so take a shot or or coin toss. What do you think? 
coin toss. Let's do the coin toss. Here we go. Good idea. If you don't know, better to use it. Your choices for Hulk Hogan having the largest what in the world is either the largest arms or the largest ego. Wow. Arms. It's one of those. He says arms. Uh, of course. Arms wide open. He says arms because arms wide open. Is he right? Oh, man. Oh, he's brilliant. It was It was. It, it oh was so, it, that was so easy. It was just staring me in the face. I couldn't see it. I couldn't, I was great, overthinking. Cause you just hacked the game, Scott, and you got seven questions left. You're going to get them all arms, <laughs> largest arms in the world and arms wide open. Here's what we're going to do, Scott. I talk to a ton of athletes all the time and I find it fascinating when I'm sitting with them to play them their highlights because right. some of them don't even want to look at it. They're kind of like you with my own prison. They're like, I can't, I can't. But then some of them are like, shut up, shut up. Let me watch myself. This is what we're going to do right now. Let's just sit back, relax. We're just going to listen to a very short clip of a song called With Arms Wide Open. Go ahead. I'll close my eyes, begin to pray, then tears of joy stream down my face. So, Scott, for those of you listening, Scott's got a big smile on his face, rocking back and forth a little bit. Scott, when you hear that song, how does it make you feel? You know, there, it changed my life, man. Yeah. Um, I, I have such a sense uh, of just appreciation uh, for for that that song coming uh, to me and and Mark when it did, um, and and just man. Um, and, and, and it's still relevant in my life today. It's one of those songs, you know, each one of my children, um, I I felt those same emotions all over again. Um, so man, I, it's awesome, man. I I get nothing but good feelings and good vibes. Um, when I hear that just because of the impact that song had on me and the stories I hear, even to this day, all these years later, um, People either hearing it for the first time or telling me how they played it in, you know, in the hospital when their child was being born or or how it it helped them change their mindset so they would man up uh, and be a better father and be a present father. I mean, all those types of stories. I mean, it's just it's amazing, man. I get I, goosebumps, bro. I hear you. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful lyrics that I know are really personal to you as is usually yeah. your style. And I know there's a whole second life of it for people, whether it's recovery or, or children or what all the things you mentioned. It won a Grammy. It was an unbelievably massive hit. I, I, in my impression, tell me if I'm wrong, it took you guys from a really successful rock band to kind of an international sensation. Yeah. Was there, did With Arms Wide Open have a downside for the band? Like sometimes teams, bands blow up and then they're looked at differently. Do you think it changed the impression of Creed? Yeah, I think it I think it definitely did because we were a much heavier rock band. Yeah. Uh, you know, um with with more of a metal and hard rock uh bass uh in our sound if you listen uh to all of our records. Um that song was was you know, it it was a side of us um but it didn't it didn't really reflect or represent our sound 
uh, as a whole at all. Um, and so it kind of, we crossed over, you know, it was a pop hit. And, uh, and I think, I think it kind of began to, to change the way, uh, the rock community, um, looked at the band. Um, and so, but you know what, I wouldn't change a thing. It, it's a part, it's a part of our identity because on every record, we always have one or two songs that are in that vein. So even though eight or nine may be much more aggressive, much more heavy, that is part of our identity. Uh, and so you just, you just have to embrace who you are. Um, and so, but yeah, it definitely did have uh, a downside and, you know, and, and that's when, when, when people started busting our chops, you know, cause it got played so much. Even my yeah. wife tells, my wife tells me, she's like, listen, I, I would turn the station because it got played so much and all four stations that I listened to would be playing it at the same time. It's like, I couldn't escape it. And so it got annoying. Um, and you know, I've had that same experience in the car with my kids with songs. Now, you know what I mean? Like, like I'll, I'll give an example as much as I love Harry Styles and he sure. is a ge- he's a genius, sure. he's a superstar. If I hear watermelon sugar high one more time when my daughter's in the car changing, you know what I mean? And I love the guy. He's a talented guitar player. He rocks. He writes pop songs. Such a talent. But still, I get it. I get it. And I could name a few other songs, too, where now I feel it. And that and that's a product of success, man. And and, uh, that's the way it goes. And you've lived it. You know, speaking of your kids and with Arms Wide Open, with Arms Wide Open also has this life. And I'm sure you know what I mean. It's it's the meme life. It's the impression yeah, life. Yeah. And I'm sure your kids have heard it. Scott, do you do an impression of people doing impression of you singing that? I, I actually do. Um, and it started with with my oldest son and my oldest yeah. nephew. Um, you know, I'm driving down the street and they're giggling in the, and, and they're in the back. And I, and I was either taking them to practice or taking them to school. I'm like, what are you guys laughing at? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> nothing i'm like come on come on and then they're like we're the water pair you know and, and they're making fun of me and that was the first time that it like it was my my nephew and my son doing it and now 10 years later my 13 year old and my nine-year-old now they were making fun of me in the car singing about mcdonald's being always open <laughs> You know, you, you know what I mean? And, and like, they were hungry. They wanted to go somewhere to eat. And they're like, dad, Hey, uh, we're hungry. And I'm like, well, where do you want to go? And then they both bust out together. McDonald's wide open. And they start singing stuff. And it, it just, it blows my mind, man. Blows my mind. But Hey, it is what it is. I've heard worse. Um, and, and it's also funny to hear how other people hear you because i never heard myself with with this over the top yeah stuff uh but i guess uh that's the caricature voice uh of me and uh it's funny man i'm i'm all about picking on myself making fun of myself it's all good man it's unbelievable and i i would imagine that when you go to the mcdonald's drive-thru and you say, all right, boys, what do you want? And they say, just give us everything. <laughs> that, that, that's funny, man. That's, that's, that's good. That's you, good. Well, I know you were a big Elvis guy. So there's uh, some of that in there for sure, right? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't know where I picked up all the idiosyncrasies of how I enunciate. Uh, uh, and I've been called out on my vowels. Sure. Uh, how so? What does that mean, called out on your vowels? I don't know what that means. That, that it seems like my enunciations are always on vowels. Um, like, is there an example? I can, like I, I a, don't f- a, a, E, I, O, and you. Uh, like, you can know. you take me higher like that? Right, right. There you go. <laughs> Right, right, right. That's why I've tried to, you know, you know what? It's actually helped me as a singer because I've, I've, I've heard that. And so I've intentionally enunciated differently on different words and syllables. Really? So thank, thank you, world, for pointing out a consistent pattern early in my 20s uh, so I could evolve and grow uh, as a singer. You've made me better. Thank you. You know what, Scott? There's a lot of vowels in the term multi-platinum, and you enunciate those just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, question number four. Let's change things up. Scott Stapp is two for three. Scott, in in this category, is called Name the Movie. I am going to play a popular movie clip for you. Maybe you've seen it. Hopefully you have. Maybe you haven't. It's about 20 seconds long. All you have to do is name the movie. You have burned the coin toss. You're you're going rogue the rest of the the rest of the session. Right, right. Scott Stapp, listen to this movie and see if you can tell me what this movie is. The Cowboys are finished. You understand me? I see a red sash. I kill a man wearing it. So run, you curs. Uh, run! Tell all the other curs the line's coming. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? What do you think, Scott? Do you know that movie? Well, it's Kurt Russell. Yes, it is. Um, and and I'm trying to, I, I, I don't want to get it confused okay. with another movie. My first gut instinct is to say Tombstone, but, but it, it could be wrong because there could be another Western that Kurt was in. Oh, man. It's I got Because there was, there was Wyatt Earp at the time, too, you're, which was you're Kevin right. Costner. You're, but you're right. What were you guys going to say about following your first instinct? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with, with Tombstone there. I have to go with Tombstone. God, I hope he's right. Is he right? Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> Scott, you're three for four. You're doing really, really you know, well. You know, one of my favorite scenes... From that movie is Val yeah. Kilmer. I'm your sure. Huckleberry, right? Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. That's just my game. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, why am I asking about this movie? Uh, it's the movie's about cowboys. Cowboys are the enemy of Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell at Al. I want to talk to you about the Dallas Cowboys specifically. Yeah, I heard that line. I knew you were going there. All right. Well, here's where we're it's going. O- it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We deserve it. No, you deserve nothing. I have nothing. You know, Scott, I come from a place of being a fan. Thursday, <laughs> November 22nd, 2001. It's Thanksgiving Day, America's holiday. Oh, here we go. The gotcha. Ryan Leaf Cowboys are playing the Brian Greasy-led Broncos. Cowboys losing 17-3 th- to three at half. It's not going well for the home team. And here comes Creed bringing down the house with their halftime performance. Scott, it's in its own way legendary, that performance. What do you remember about that day? Man, that was the ultimate dream come true. I mean, I I had had some some other moments. Yeah. For example, you know, being obsessed with the Doors. Um, I mean, watching Oliver Stone's The Doors movie at eighteen, like twenty five times, and maybe once weekly. Um, being a huge 
you know, and then getting a chance to play with the doors, yep. record with the, the doors, be on VH1 with the doors, jam and rehearse with the doors. Never ever in my wildest dreams would I thought that would happen. Then there was, there was, you know, U2 being one of my favorite bands of all time, Joshua Tree changing my life, impacting who I am as a songwriter, meeting Bono and the Edge at the Grammys, hanging out. Um, and then the Dallas Cowboys. My team, since I could remember in the NFL and, and then getting the call, uh, you know, do you want to do the halftime show? Do you want to come down and meet the Joneses? Do you want to come to practice? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And man, it was the ultimate uh, dream come true. Uh, and so it was an amazing experience, man. Awesome. It, it was amazing to watch. It still is. I, I got questions about details. Let's get into this. You took the stage in a Dallas Cowboys number 11 jersey with Stapp on the back. Did you bring that? Did you make that? Or did they give that to you? Uh, I had that made. Well, I mean, they asked, they asked me yeah. uh, if, I, if I wanted a jersey. Uh, and I said, yeah, and uh, make it number 11. Why 11? That was my number uh, when I played football. Okay. Uh, all the way up through junior high. Uh, and, uh, and also, there was a little ego behind that number what? Uh, because it's double number one. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so my mind at the time was, you know, we were coming off a string of number ones. And so I'm going to own that number. So that's the truth behind the, the, the 20, 25 year old, uh, ego at the time. So you could have gone with number one, but no, no, no. Like we're going to give me two ones. Cause that's give how me many hits we're cranking out at the time. Right. Right. Oh, that's brilliant. All that, right. That, that was, yeah, that was the brilliant thinking of, of, of the time. So everything about it was brilliant. I mean that completely earnestly. I watched that performance like once a month in my adult life you got the jersey, you're on the stage, your hair is just so glorious. And then when you hit the chorus for hire, we got flying bald muscle men, like on ribbons, soaring like angels, dude. Your idea? Where did this come from? You know, there was a brilliant uh, choreographer and stage set designer and, yeah. and someone that, that, that did that. And I think the most amazing meme I have ever seen yeah. from that uh, show uh, is when Aaron Rodgers was that guy yeah. uh, flying down. <laughs> it, it was, it brought me to tears. It's bringing me to tears now. I mean, it was hilarious uh, because like I've said many times, I believe that uh, he is a goat, uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, every facet of the game. Um, and uh, so it was brilliant. It was brilliant. You're talking about, this is recent. So somebody took Aaron Rodgers' head and put it yes. on flying bald muscle man on the ribbons. And then right. Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari is playing the guitar. And it right. is cry worthy. You watched it and, and tears of joy streamed down your face? Tears of joy streamed <laughs> down my face. Yes. yes, yes. All right. So had you watched that performance recently or ever since then like have you ever seen that on youtube or have your kids ever seen it i'm sure my kids have yes. um but i i i haven't watched it recently okay that that well, that clip was the first i had seen uh in years uh it, it, you're missing out man i, I just want to say it's glorious to have scott Stapp on the show i would love in the next episode if anyone can find the gentleman flying through the sky without the shirt and the abs <laughs> i want to have that dude on 10 questions if you're watching right now sir 
I love your work. Please come on here. Scott, you agree, right? He should come on. He, he, he definitely should come on. He is a legend. Um, he has been immortalized. Uh, and, and we owe him uh, a salute. All right. Scott Staff is all coming up number ones right now because he's three out of four. Question number five. And you're clicking. You're three out of four. Your category is obscene gestures. All right. And mm. what does that mean? In a 2005 football game at Lambeau Field, Scott, Randy Moss scored a touchdown and did what to Packers fans? How does this apply to me? Well, that's up for you to figure out, Scott. It yeah. somehow will. You know, his arms weren't, weren't wide open. We already covered that. Right, right, right. He did something that's notorious. It's a moment in 2005 people always remember, and people thought it gave him kind of a bad reputation, maybe unfairly. It's an obscene gesture. What do you think he did to the fans at Lambeau Field? Oh, man. I guess worst case, you to... rifle through the obscene gestures. What do you think? Take a shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he could have he could have flicked them off. Yep. He could he he could have mooned them. Okay. Um, something just clicked and tickled in my belly uh, when I said the word moon. Okay. Um, I I don't know. I I just don't remember him pulling his pants down. It'd be a lot. Um, yeah, that that would be a lot. Um. Man. No coin toss left. I'd love to help you, but I can't. Yeah, you can't. Um, did, he, did he do the crotch grab? Did he do the crotch grab? Is it the crotch grab? Uh, Guess what he did, Scott? He uh, mimed like he was mooning the crowd and uh, pulling his pants down. So I was right. You were right there. And I, I, I said, can't give you the push. And, and, and I said I felt it in my stomach. I know. I know. I should have gone with my gut. You reason, here's why I'm asking you about it. It was Packers-Vikings. Uh, I, I remember know. it. Washington, Joe Buck, you know, he made the call. He takes a lot of crap yeah, for it, but yeah, he's moved on. Yeah, yeah. I'm asking you about Packers-Vikings because two of your biggest fans in the world are the star quarterbacks of those teams. You know wow. that. We've mentioned them already. Kirk Cousins loves you. Aaron Rodgers loves you. What's that mean to you, man? man, I feel like a little kid. Um, you know what I mean? When you tell me that, uh, I idolize these guys as athletes, uh, and, and they're both pretty funny guys too. Uh, we, we, we probably get along well. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. Cause I'm such an enormous geeked out fan, uh, over both of them. Uh, so to, to know that they even think about me, uh, and know my music is cool. All right. So I got two details that are going to make it even cooler. Kirk Cousins has said that when he turned 30 a couple of years ago, he was interested in having you come to his home to play a private concert and was willing to write the check for it. We all got our own concerns, Scott, and we got to get paid. And now we got COVID and all that stuff. Is that something that, that you would entertain? Is that something you would do if you could figure the business end of it? Um, for Kirk? Yeah. And I definitely would entertain that. I, okay. I definitely, definitely would entertain an acoustic show at Kurt's house. I think you would love him. He's a great family man, clean living, loves the music, in great shape, like really motivated. So we got to put you guys together because maybe definitely. when the COVID is over, like I'm telling you, just a strip down deal, play new stuff, yeah, play old stuff. Kirk, yeah. I know you're watching. Stapp is in. Now, on the Aaron Rodgers front, 
I know Aaron a little bit because he was on the show. So a couple nights ago, Scott, when I knew you were coming on, I texted him and I go, dude, guess who's coming on 10 questions? And it's just silence. And I sent him a picture of you. And it was immediately triple dots, triple dots in the text. And he was like, dude, holy shit, you got Scott? And I was like, I got him. He's coming on the show. And he was just like, congratulations. That's the goat right there. Like, that's my guy. He was, dude, <laughs> he was funny. flipping over you. I mean, this is a guy who's, who's worn out human clay, worn out weathered, is into the new stuff. My own prison goes without saying. And to your point, there's a lot of conversation about goat this and goat that. That's your guy. Yeah, man. That's the guy. That, That's the guy that, better than Brady, better than Montana. Hey, hey, that guy makes dude, the guy is, is talent is incredible, dude. I know. Uh I I mean, you put it, you no 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 you know, dig on his team. Um, but he hasn't had the teams around him yeah. that other teams have had. Yeah. I mean, and he still wins. I mean, yeah. I, I I think he's probably the single most talented quarterback personally, I believe to ever play the game. I mean, that's just my opinion. I think so too. Great football player. I got to tell you, Scott, eh, not that great at 10 questions, six out of 10, not that great. You're three out hey. of five already. You're running his ass down. Well, I just hope to tie. We're moving on to question number six. All right, Scott, the question is, or the category ready for number six is the worldwide web. This one's really random. Among the top 100 Google searches of 2020 is what international furniture chain? What international furniture chain? Yeah, what do you think? It's a random question. International furniture chain. <laughs> I don't know if you got this stuff in your house. I doubt it, but I, we definitely have some. And it has something to do with me. In one, some way or another. In what some way, or, in some way or another. <laughs> Welcome to Ten Questions, uh, Scott. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, man. Um, I don't even know if this is a furniture store uh, or a furniture brand. Is it brand or store? It's both. They got stores. I, I love how much you care. I love how much you care, Scott. You're, you're so wanna, earnest. I'm a competitor, man. I know. I can tell you. That's the athlete in you coming out. Ah, uh, what do you think? Wayfair. He says Wayfair. It's IKEA. It's IKEA. IKEA. It's of IKEA. Course, of course. I wanted that one for you. I didn't bring yeah. it up to ask about furniture. I brought it up to point out that sometimes the internet is idiotic. I mean, truly, of all the great things that's brought, sometimes it's idiotic. Scott, what's your relationship like been with the internet and social media over the last 10, 15 years? Um, man, it's, if, if you give the internet and social media, uh, fuel, um, that is not flattering, uh, then it can be a nemesis and a, a real, uh, a, a real man, just not cool, <laughs> you know, but, uh, in, in terms of, of uh, me finally getting the hang of it um, and, and a way to connect with my, with my fans and promote my music and, and share with people. It's, it's been great, but uh, I'm still, I'm still catching up. I'm still not as dialed in to, to uh, doing stuff all the time uh, as I probably should. But uh, 
you know, it, it can be, it can be harsh and it can be beautiful. That's part of being a front man too. You know, like you get the attention, you're the faces on the album. They're talking about you. I wonder, Scott, I, I'm sure you've run across so many front men and so many different lead singers in your life. I want to do a front man roll call. And I'm just going to say some guys who are lead singers of bands. And in one sentence, just tell me if you met them, what you think of them. Just one sentence. Let's rip through them. Front man roll call with Scott Stapp. Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam. Extremely talented. Yeah? Meet him? Yeah. No. Never met him. Never met him? No. James Hetfield from Metallica. Legend. Uh, Never met him. Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters. Legend, incredibly funny, um, extremely talented. Um, met him and his band in passing in 1997 or 98 at the Edge Fest, I believe, in Canada. Um, and uh, we were both up and coming, uh, at least the Foo Fighters were. Anthony Kiedis, Chili Peppers. Legend. Um, and you know, I got a lot of respect for him in, in terms of, of, I can relate in, in terms of finding sobriety, yeah. uh, and, and making that a lifestyle and, and, you know, going through that whole journey, uh, to, to overcome those, those demons and struggles. So, uh, I, I feel a connection with him. Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit. Hey man, Fred is an interesting cat. Um, I, the my my last experience with him um was uh years and years and years ago when we were both young and early 20s and and you know uh both you know fighting for that top spot so to speak yeah. um but outside of that uh i've had no uh no interaction and i've heard nothing but but good things uh about him you know i heard he makes movies yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a film director as well. Um, you know, um, uh, I had never got a chance to tell him this back in the day, uh, but I was a huge fan of his music. Um, and so, uh, that whole thing that went down years ago, uh, I was literally on my tour bus playing video games with my, my four-year-old and had no idea what was going on, uh, at the festival. Yeah. Uh, and, and they picked the number one slot, the top slot based on album sales in that market. Um, and uh, so we had the top slot. And um, at that point in time, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Fred didn't want to play in front of us. Uh, and so uh, interestingly enough, uh, Sharon Osborne, Oh my gosh. Uh, pulled the plug uh, on, uh, on his set uh, as he was playing into our time. Um, interesting story. Um, but, uh, you know, man, that's rock and roll. And, uh, we were both living it and, uh, amazing band. Yeah. Dude, I still will listen to Nookie. I love that song. I think it's awesome. Yeah, they were, they were, they they were a great band man. still are. Yeah. Scott, we've hit a little bit of a stumble, but we're going to pick it back up here. And I know this, that you're going to love this category because this is, this will lend itself to your talents. This category for question number seven is finish this lyric. I'm going to play for you a popular song that was and still is on the radio all the time. You're going to hear the song. You're going to hear the singer, and it's going to stop on a dime. When the singer stops, if you can continue what the line is, you get the points. Okay? All right. Here we go. Scott Stapp, 
finish this lyric. Never heard that song? I, I don't think I've ever heard that song. Before. Okay. I'm gonna it goes and I put it in a song and it goes like whoa. You know, that doesn't ring a bell. Hold on. Let me think. Put it in a song and it goes like whoa. <laughs> I mean you're hearing it, you know it. I Oh, I yeah. know it. I think you know it. It goes like, put in, put a, in song. a song. And it goes like, and I'm even going to give you, whoa. People that listen to this, Scott, and they're screaming the line right now. They're screaming right, the right, line. Right, right, How do you right. not know this? Yeah, we'll exactly. Exactly. Um, do you recognize the band? No. Man, I'm I'm going to have to punt, man. Okay. Right. I, I have no idea. Let's see if after you hear it, I'll tee it up again, and then my my staff, please pay the play the the payoff, and it goes, and I put it in a song, and it goes like, whoa, amber is the color of your energy, whoa. Scott, amber is the color of your energy. No, nothing fires on that. Nothing fires on that. Okay, this is fascinating to me. The band is 311. Okay. 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 All right. I, I, I was thinking it was 311. Part of me wanting to talk to you is about putting things to rest, raising things right. up that matter and that are new. Right. Right. The stuff of internet legend that I think is misconstrued a, different, a million different ways that I want to settle once and for all. 2005 in Baltimore, mm-hmm. allegedly right. Scott Stapp is in a hotel what happened between you and members of 311? It was uh, the singer and me. We both had had way too much to drink. Um, I know I had. Um, and things things were said or misconstrued or misinterpreted. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was uh, an alcohol-infused misunderstanding and we've since gotten both gotten sober uh both spoken on the phone uh and uh text and uh there was a bit of a a a bit of a melee Mm -hmm. um and you know there was some throwing hands um and uh but like i said it involved alcohol and being intoxicated so it, it was stupid and should have never happened. And, uh, you know, wish I could go back in time and, and, and cause they're great guys, great people. Um, you know, we share the same producer, uh, on some records. Um, and it was just one of those things that was stupid. Well, I don't even bring it up gratuitously, Scott. One, I wanted to settle some things, but also with you, as many things do, it has a happy ending. You reconcile, you speak to them, you speak clearly now. This is not some bitter rock star thing where you're saying, F no. those guys, and if I ever see them. I mean, it's everything emitting from you about the story is change and evolution. 
and positivity. So I respect it because I know that is something that will segue into our next question. And this is going to be in a way about your new life now, which is fascinating. Question number eight, Scott, you're three for seven. Let's get moving. Your, your category is action figures. And the good news is, Scott, it's multiple choice. All right. Which of the following G.I. Joe characters was a ninja? Multiple choice, Scott. Was it A, Storm Shadow, B, Destro, or C, Serpentor? One of them was a ninja. Storm Shadow, Destro, or Serpentor? Which sounds ninja-y well, to you? <laughs> uh, uh, what sounds ninja-y to me yeah. would would be A. Because it's got the shadow and the yep. ninjas come out of the shadows. Yep. So let's go with A. Sometimes those ninjas, Scott, fight in the space between the shadows. He says A. Is it Storm Shadow? <laughs> we got it. Bring him up. Yeah. It, that's a badass. You needed it. You hit that note perfectly. Oh, I want to talk more that. about space between the shadows. Scott, I bet yes. there's a lot of people listening who loved Creed and they had all the albums and they lost track of your music. And I want to find yeah. those people. Because I was one of those people and I went and listened to the album and I turned it on. I'm like, why haven't I not been listening to this? It's really cool. What is it like to do solo albums after having so much success as a band and create as international and now just still kicking ass well into your 40s with this album? Man, it, you know, I love creating music. I love making music. And, uh, you know, one thing about making solo records is I get to create with different people on different songs. Um, you know, so like purpose for pain, I wrote with uh, a buddy of mine named Thrasher from the band escape the fate, an incredible guitar player um, world. I used to know Yeah. Uh, the first song I wrote. It started out with just me and Scott Stevens, former lead singer, of the X's now a producer, um, you know, and, and I could go on. Uh, a song called Red Clouds on the record. It started off with just me and Marty Fredrickson uh, in a room writing writing the song. So being a solo artist allows me the freedom, you know, to collaborate uh, with with whomever I choose. You know, friends that I have uh, made over the years, uh, people I'll just walk into a room with, uh, met for the first time, which is cool because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and just create, uh, and it's exciting. Uh, and that was part of the reason that I moved to Nashville. Tell me about the tour. Cause I know you were touring in 2019 and COVID hit. I want to know what the shows were like, you know, the shows, uh, for the album were great. Um, you know, over the years I've developed a, a, a killer, um, fan base for my solo work that came from Creed, you know, that followed me over to my solo work sure. and also new fans that didn't follow Creed, uh, they got turned on to my music as a solo artist. And so it's awesome, man, you know, to play a mixture, uh, you know, I kind of play Creed in the set. Yeah. I run through, I run through it and and do a mix of, of Creed songs. And then, you know, a mix of, of songs off all my solo records. Um, because it's just a part of my catalog, man. And you know what, if I didn't play, um, you know, the big Creed tunes, uh, at my shows, I guarantee you half the audience would leave and they probably wouldn't be happy. Even, even though they have my solo records and and they want to hear those too, they want to hear those songs, man. And I'm there to entertain and make people happy. 
Um, and so I know that. And so, you know, I give them half, half a set of Creed stuff and half a set of my, my solo stuff. And, and if it's a new album, primarily all my solo tunes will be uh, off the new record, except for, you know, maybe four or five other solo tunes I have to play because they were yeah. fan favorites. So uh, it was awesome, man. We were, we were traveling, just came off a, a very successful uh, tour in South America, uh, in Brazil. Um, and so, oh, cool. you know, then uh, the COVID hit and the, the brakes got put on everything, man. It did. And I have to give you so much credit for the way you say that set list and you play that. There's a lot of guys who'd be like, I'm done with that. I don't play those songs anymore. Scott, everything about you comes across as very secure, like very secure with yourself. And after a lot of the stuff you've been through, it's unbelievably impressive. I know you'd be even more secure if you get the final two points that would tie you with Aaron Rodgers. You're four out of eight. We have two questions left. Let's finish up. Question number nine, Scott, your category is fast food chains. Harland Sanders is best known for selling what food? I mean, I know what, what comes to mind. I mean, instantly, Sanders. What comes Colonel, to mind? Colonel Sanders. Um, chicken. Fried chicken. He says fried chicken. Did Harlan Sanders sell some damn fried chicken? Yeah! The Colonel! Why am I asking you about chicken? Scott, because that guy who was in the apartment with the girls and his bandmates listened to his song be first played is now raising baby chicks in a chicken coop in, in his yard. Dude, you've come a long way. I mean, normally chick magnet for the lead singer, chick razor. Tell us about this. Well, to go back to your chick magnet. Yeah. Scored with my wife, Jacqueline, dude. Because oh, yes. Gorgeous inside and out. So Respectfully, Scott, I've seen her. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. You know, amazing. But as far as the chickens here, man, you know, my, my wife, she always has these ideas when something, you know, that's happens in our family's life or, or in the kid's life that kind of, you know, shakes things up and different. Yeah. We always end up with a new pet. Um, and so got? We've, we've got the dogs, we've got the cats, we've got the hamsters. Um, and so now it's chickens. And uh, so we, we got the chickens in. And one thing about my, my household is whenever we do get a new pet, of course it's for the kids or it, it's, it's, it's for my wife, but I seem to be the one who ends up, you know, having to take care of it and make sure it's fed and watered and, and go, you know, goes outside. And, you know, so the, the chickens were no different. It was a great bonding experience with the kids for, for uh, you know, the older kids for a couple of weeks. Now my little guy, little Anthony, okay. Um, he still wants to go out with dad to the chicken coop. Uh, he wants to find the chickens every day. It's just so exciting. And every day it's like the first time he's ever seen, you know, the chickens and they're at the age now where they're laying eggs. And so we're getting eggs, but let me tell you, yeah, it has turned into the, the let's make fun of dad uh, comedy hour. Why does it always come back to that with everything at night? when I have to round the chickens up and get them back in their coop, um, the family comes out and they, you know, they, they stand on our deck and, and they look over our backyard and they see dad chasing one chicken this way and then running <laughs> another chicken this way. 
And then I, I, I'm sure some words are coming out of my mouth that uh, of frustration that that uh, you know I won't repeat here on, on such a kid friendly show. Right. Um, but it, I, I found that being a chicken owner is some of the greatest exercise. No kidding. Um, that you can ever get. I mean, try to round up five, <laughs> six chickens every night that all want to go in different directions. Um, it is, it is quite the exercise. And I believe it was Roy Jones. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Did he right. not train? The boxer. Right, right. Oh, originally you- Rocky Balboa. Rocky. Was doing. Yeah. Rocky. And then Roy and now Stapp. And you're saying, never mind the treadmill, G- get off the, the, the elliptical, right. chase some get, chickens. Get outside and chase your chickens. And also, also it is teaching me some new, you know, rock star stage moves. Oh, nice. Chickens have it. <laughs> Chickens have a swagger, man. Yeah. They have a way that they carry themselves. They, right. They're pretty, they're a very confident animal and they have a, they have a strut about them. So these chickens, you know, in, in, in multiple uh, ways and levels have completely changed my life. Yeah, yeah, dude. Listen, the thing is literally called a cock. You have to be kind of arrogant, right? I mean, you got, you got a lot to live up to. So listen, chasing <laughs> chickens is one thing, Scott. You've also been chasing a goat. For this entire game, and that goat in your mind is Aaron Rodgers. The right. last question of ten, you were at five out of nine. If you get the last question, you tie the Green Bay Packers quarterback, who was in episode one. Here's the deal: as we wrap up, question ten, category ten is always an essay. The essay is I give you the floor to uh, defend a stance you have on something, to take a minute and just say, "Here's why this is the deal." What we're gonna do for this is we're gonna do it about a musical. Um, production of yours that you've done before scott you made a song about marlins baseball once and it got a lot of attention for those who might not remember it here is scott's song marlins will soar one strike two strikes swing away a diving catch a stolen base a perfect game a triple I love it. I've listened to it many times. Scott, that song, man, that song got put through the fucking ringer. That's the only way I can put it. Here's what we're going to do, though. You have the floor, however much time you need. Defend Marlins Will Soar. All right. First and foremost, I'm a lifelong Dodger Braves fan. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, grew up watching... The Braves, 715, TBS. That's what the, that's what we had. We, you know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't have pro baseball when I was a kid in, in Florida. Um, then Dodgers, spring training, Steve Sachs, the whole nine yards, Tommy Lasorda when I was a kid, fell in love. All right. So those are my teams. I'm in Miami and uh, I have I have a publicist. Okay. Uh, and she knows the owners of the team. Um, and they were looking for a, a song yep. uh, for, an anthem. for an anthem for the season. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't know, you know, I, let me think about that. And so I am in Dale, Colorado and I am in an airport leaving with my family. And, uh, just so happened the guy next to me is a guy named Jeff. 
Okay. And, and this guy happens to own the Marlins. And he goes, hey, bro, we reached out about you, you know, doing a song yeah. uh, for the team. Um, and I was like, you know, and he told me who he was. And, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I, I right off the cuff, you know, just trying to get to know the guy. And he's like, listen, man, we will roll out the red carpet for you. Any game you want to come all season long. Oh, my God. Batting practice. Uh, you have, you have, oh, I see you have a son, ball boy. Okay. This is Jeffrey uh, Loria, the owner. Yes. Yes. Him and one other guy. Okay. And I think his name was Jeff too. Okay. And he may have been the minority owner or, or a, a partial owner. So they're telling me I'm getting, you know, they're offering me BP with major leaguers. Yeah. They're offering me wherever I want to sit up, you know, up in the box on the field on the field during the game, I can go in the dugout. I have free reign. This is great. I can shag fly balls with pro baseball players. All right. You know, my dream. Yeah. You know, at one point in time was to be a major league baseball player. Absolutely. So I'm thinking I get to go to baseball games and get the red carpet rolled out me and take my boy. My boy can be a bad boy. He can go out on the field. We can shag fly balls. We can, we can meet. I can meet players from the Dodgers. I can meet players from the Braves. I can meet all these players that I love. It's heaven. It's, it's a complete, why wouldn't I do it, man? Why wouldn't anyone okay. who's out there listening right now, if that was offered to you, all okay. right? How does this get to the song? Okay. I had to deliver the song okay. in order to get all of that. Uh, and 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 just get the red carpet treatment. I mean, come on, man. Out on the field, taking BP with, with major league ball players, trying to show your stuff. You know, like you mentioned earlier, I, I, I was known for a little bit of having an arm. So trying yeah. to trying to make a, a pro baseball player go, dude, you got a pretty good arm. You play ball. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I wanted all of that. Shag and fly balls. My my boy getting to give bats to to major league baseball players, and he's a you know, he's a a young ball player. Yeah. Um, dude, it was it was how can how can I say no? So I took a song I had already written. Yep, and I just re, re, re redid the words, and it just so happened to fit because what do Marlins do? They soar. Yeah, that's how they describe what they do when they fly out of water. I mean, everything just made sense, and to 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 get the you know the the free baseball dream come true that any diehard baseball fan would love. Uh, no matter what team offered it, I believe they do it. How could I say? The price to, to baseball heaven was one strike, two strikes, swing away, double play, stolen base. That is the greatest answer. You get the point. You get six out of ten. You tie Aaron Rodgers and Scott Stapp. You have completed the ten questions in glorious glorious fashion never mind the marlins for a second you will soar my friend i am so thrilled to have you on the last thing we ask you uh is we end every episode with a call out which is how you ended up here Kirk cousins right. called you out so right. call out scott any major public figure you want from from rock from sports anybody you want who should come on the show and try to compete with your score all right i'm gonna call out david wells <laughs> boomer, boomer. <laughs> that's great right. david wells so, that's your so boy so uh, let's let's call out Boomer. I think he would do great at this. I also want to note. Yeah, I believe there should be an asterisk by my six. Go on. Now we're into something. Because I did say 
Randy Moss with the moon yep. was my gut instinct. And I talked myself out of it. So asterisk, I beat the goat. That's it. All right. Snap says asterisk next to his six, like the asterisk next to Roger Maris's 61. I love the take. I love you, Scott. I love Space Between the Shadows. I Thank love you, Creed. Bud. Everything about you lived up to the hype. You have created an incredible life for yourself out of rock and roll. Scott, I hope you don't find this patronizing, but I'm really proud of you, man. And I'm really impressed with what you've done with your life. Thank you so much for coming on. Man, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Scott man. Stapp, Living Legend, 10 Questions Legend. We will see you on the next episode. Good luck living up to that one. Catch you next time. Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malalay, Steve Allman, and Jackson Safan. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.